The following is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is Steve Urquhart, co-host of the Perfect Parenting Podcast, and I am with Mother of the Year 1994 through current, Sarah Urquhart. Today's topic is trust. Sarah, take it from there. Why is trust important in parenting? Well, awesome. Thank you, Steve. That was a good intro, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Of course, we know from studies that have been done that infants learn trust in the crib. You know, it's just very early on. They learn who's going to be good to them, where they're going to get their food, who's, you know, going to meet their needs, etc. And and those things can be established very, very early and are established early. For us, trust became a very, very important part of our parenting. And we wanted to establish trust in our kids. That was a huge part of just making sure they were okay is we needed to be able to trust them. And then, of course, we wanted them to trust us. So, you know, having them trust us comes from things like making sure there's food in the house and giving them, you know, meals and time together and responsibilities in the house and, you know, all of those things that, and, and things we talked about in the last podcast, creating predictability, that is how we helped them learn to trust us. No idle threats. You know, we when we made promises, we delivered on them. All of those things. But I want to talk about trusting your kids. The for me, that was such an important part of giving them autonomy and giving them space to figure out who they were. But there were a lot of ways to, and I always thought of it as a checklist, is, you know, if I was worried about somebody, their behavior changed a little, one of my kids, and, or I knew they weren't being completely honest with me, I, rather than panicking and saying, oh, you know, you're now grounded for doing whatever it is I was concerned about, which I think some of us do when we have, when we're concerned about a child, that's, I think, one reason a lot of parents try and ground their kids is to keep them home, to keep some control there. But I didn't, we didn't often utilize that. We never used it, did we? Once in a while, there was, you know, there would be a, but it was very rare in our house because I would use a, a, a checklist of things. I would look at their, you know, what are they saying? And if they aren't saying, okay, then move to the next thing. What are their actions? Um, how are their friends? What kind of grades are they getting? What are they doing in, with their activities or their spare time? And if one of the things was creating some red flags, then I would start to get concerned. But if all the others were really good, were all rating A, then if some, you know, if they were not speaking respectfully to me, I had to give them some space to try that for a minute and to see what that felt like. It doesn't, you know, and I could call them on it and say, you don't get to talk to me like that. But it didn't mean the hammer had to come down. I was going to give them a lot of space to explore these behaviors because I'd rather them do it in our house. I'd rather them do it. And I, and I guess we're talking a lot as teenagers, but I established this when they were younger, for sure. You know, I wanted to know, were they 
that were they doing the things that they said they were going to do? And were they talking to me about it? Were they, you know, it, it, and if, if I could see their friends were just exemplary, just really great people, it's hard for me to think my kid's the bad seed. Because the good kids aren't going to hang out with the bad kid. <laughs> so if they're all good and my kid's acting a little bratty, well maybe my kid's a brat for a minute. And, you know, I had someone tell me early on that kids, they can't be perfect. We know that. Nobody can be perfect. So you'd rather have your little one, and this is elementary school age, you'd rather have your little one acting out at home than at school because you get to control that. I mean, you can you can help, you can nurture if they're in your house and versus bullying at school. You you don't if you can't see that. So, I gave my kids some space at home to act out a little to not be the best kids, not necessarily have a perfect bedroom as long as they were contributing in other places in the house because that was their space and it was it, it allowed me to relax a little as a parent. It allowed me to give lots of room for those kids to figure out who they were. So that was a huge, huge part of establishing trust. Do you feel the same? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of parenting, you know, let's make sure our words to our kids are good, but a lot of it is just simply attitudes. They can tell what we're thinking about them. And I think as parents, we're sending out one of two messages. Uh, you are great or you are a screw up. And I think trust, you develop that by really thinking, believing, acting like they're great. Um, and I think that is something that we, you know, some things we we screwed up on. And But I think trust is something where we've really got it right because we did think they're, that they are great. And when they were kids and trying out different things, you know, whether it's staying out late if they're you know not listening to us if they're learning to lie or any of these things we didn't overreact because we really think we really always thought they're great and it's like okay look this isn't what we do let's try this a little differently and I think that started paying dividends from a very early age they felt comfortable that we weren't out to get them uh, we didn't think they were uh, screw ups we really thought they were great we were on their side yeah yeah and I remember when we were when we were the kids were much younger and we were churchgoers people would say oh your kids were so good at church today and rather than say oh, but this one's, this one gets into trouble or you should see this one at home, which would deliver this message that those kids really weren't good kids. I would gush in front of them and I'd say they are great kids. I'm super lucky that they know how to behave when they're in public or that they, you know, and I, and I would do that. I would gush just as much when my kids weren't there because I never knew when they were going to catch me or if they would see me and I don't know it. And that was the message I wanted to deliver. Yeah, is, we, oh, we have great kids. Yeah, we never threw them under the bus. We never made a joke. Intentionally. At, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Intentionally, we, we never threw them under the bus. And I don't think I ever really told jokes where they're the butt of it. No. Because because uh, no. at the end of the day, I just think that stuff's not funny. I didn't want to humiliate them. I didn't want to, you know, yeah, all of that. So is this uh, the topic of trust? Is this something where we talk about sixth grade and grades? 
Um, we can. We can, yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. So when our kids would go into sixth grade, we would pull them aside and say, hey, you know, you're moving along in school. You're doing great. Talk with you about school, about life and grades. And so basically what we'd say is uh, it's your life and we're here to help. It's not our life that we live through you. It truly is your life. And so you're going to go up, grow up. You're going to get a job. You're going to do your thing. And uh, let's go ahead and start that right now in earnest. Um, we're not going to check your grades from here on out. We're not going to ask if you have homework. We're not going to ask if you've done it. Uh, we don't want to see your report cards. This is up to you. Now, if you need help, we 100% are here to help. We'll help you with homework. Uh, if you get in a jam or anything, we'll help you with that. But this really is your life. And so why don't you go ahead and start living it? And I think they absolutely stepped up. I mean, I share that story and people are like, well, what if they wouldn't have stepped up? Well, I think I think people do, right? I mean, we all want to do good things in our life. Yeah, I think that's true. But the reality is, it's that checklist I just said. If I knew that... If I'd heard from the school, they'd stopped going to school, and I saw that their friends had changed, and they were not doing any good activities after school. You know, and, and so the grades would be a part of it. And so you say we never looked at their grades. The reality is they would tell me, or I'd say, how you know, if I knew report cards came out, do you want to talk about it, how, how to go? But I think what the message is we weren't writing them. We weren't looking every day at what their grades were. Um, it, was, it was an overall how how are they feeling this semester you know when they were scared of a class we had some kids that were more who wanted more homework help but they would come to us I have this project can can you talk to me about it you know and we'd talk through the project can you help me with it sure and what supplies you need let's win and we'd carve out some time and and so they knew we had their back but I, I was amazed at how often I would talk to friends who were like, oh, you know, my my sophomore who would have, you know, her daughter would be the same age as mine. My sophomore just hates the classes that she's in. And I'd say, well, like what? Well, she's in this speech class. Can you help her? Because I had experience in speech classes. And I said, sure. But why is she so miserable? Well, I don't know. She totally needs this class, which is why I signed her up for it. And she's just miserable there. And she told me not to sign her up, but I know that's what she needs. And I just said, why would you put her in a class she doesn't want and where she's miserable? Why does, and why are you, mom, picking her class? We, you know, you and I didn't, we never did that. We talked to our kids about their class options if they wanted us to, but mostly because we had to sign the paper. I'd sign the paper and hand it back to them so they could fill it out. I didn't know what they were signing up for. Well, and related to that, uh, I think part of the reason, as I recall, that we did this in sixth grade with their grades and their homework is we had heard a story about uh, someone who was trying out for a wrestling team, and uh, his father was frustrated. He kept, rather than wrestle, he kept looking at his father. And uh, During the tryout. During the tryout, and his father was like, stop looking at me, wrestle. Well, there was a reason he was looking to his father, is because his father had always, you know, been uh, very full of... Uh, helpful hints and suggestions and stuff rather than just let the kid perform, let the kid do his thing. And so, you know, we didn't want to have kids that were always looking over at the sideline knowing we were going to pop off. We just wanted to be silent and enjoy. And um, so, I, as I recall, that was a part of the genesis for that. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, if if I have a child 
in a class, in a speech class that she hates, well, she signed herself up for it. So there must have been some reason she did. So let's get her through it. And, you know, maybe that was her way of trying it out, finding out she hates it. And we move on. That's that's okay. Again, that's what those those high school years are for, is to try things, to see what fits and see what doesn't. And I, I like that our kids had the option to pick their things. Well, I, I think that's where the trust comes in, is that's what you're doing when you're growing up, when you're young, when you're an adolescent, is they're figuring things out. And so they need to be able to figure out difficult, complex things. And the way they do that is they're in the middle of it, not us. Now they can look for help if they want. And so, you know, I think that's what we did. We trusted them to be in the middle and figure things out without us interfering too much. But then also the the other side of that is if things go wrong, you know, times that they screwed up and things went south, we didn't beat them up for that. We didn't say, yep, knew you were going to screw told up you or so. told you so. Yeah, right. none of that. And, you know, when they made errors at home in things, it's I think we kind of viewed this that, well, they're just trying some things out right. and rather than just pound them for making a mistake or, you know, whatever it is, let's just talk this through because they tried out something and maybe it was the wrong thing. And, you know, we've probably all been in situations in work where you have a boss that just knows you're going to screw up and is eager to drop the hammer. And that's a crappy situation. And I think for kids, it's probably even crappier because, you know, they're kind of stuck there. They can't look for a new job. This is, yeah, this is supposed to be their safe place. Well, and that's that's a, that's a great lead into the next thing I was going to say, which is we can't expect perfection from the kids. And for me, when they, if they were doing something that was seemed, a, I would get alarmed about, something that bothered me a little, I would look at you and I would look at me to see if those behaviors were manifesting themselves in our lives. And I, I'll i give an example, but not using us. I have a friend and he would talk to me a lot about his uh, his kids. He had five kids or has five kids and some of them lined up with our kids. And he came to me and he and I both had kids who were starting high school. And he said about his son, well, he's just, he's just spending too much time in the evenings watching television. He's not doing homework. And I, I said, well, is this our his grades bad? No, his grades are really good. I said, so maybe his homework's done. Well, maybe, but then he should be reading. I just, I have this stack of books and he should just be devouring these books. And I said, well, dad, what do you do in the evening to relax? And he said, well, I watch TV, but it's because I've gotten all my work done and I just need some way to unwind. <laughs> I said, well, don't you think your son might have your DNA? And if you unwind by watching TV, don't you think your son is going to maybe need the same kind of thing to unwind? And he, I don't know if it was because he was feeling guilty. He wasn't right reading enough books or if he really did want more from his son. He wanted his son to be somebody different. But I just could help him kind of pull back and relax. And when I, I kind of shined that light on him, he laughed. He was able to laugh about it and go, you're right. I probably need to give this kid a little space. And again, we went through that same kind of checklist. Well, how's your son doing and all these things? And I knew the answer because the kid was spending a lot of time in my house. But I said, you know, he's doing great. Let's just give him some space to do his thing because he's really shining. And if he needs some TV time, give him TV time. So a, a trust story that, that I have, it involves our oldest. We were called to the junior high. Uh, she had uh, she had hit some boy. And so, you know, I guess that was a serious thing. So we both went in. So we found out that, uh, 
she was walking up to the board to write something and a kid tripped her and uh, so she fell down and then got up and just drilled him right in the teeth and I think made him bleed and so you know this is our oldest daughter you know just spent so much of her childhood being teased and so you know right away we were just completely on the same page that's something I want to talk about too about being on the same page for uh, you know trust and going back to consistency stability but uh, we immediately asked the principal like okay thanks for calling us in what are you going to do about this kid who tripped her and uh, they were like well no we're here to talk about your daughter like well yeah we are too and we're glad you're interested in protecting her from bullying what are you going to do about this kid you know we wouldn't deviate and so that's I think all always where we were is in that case we were on team zella we were on team ruth like lucy all of them and uh you know we we trusted that if she drilled some kid in the teeth he probably probably asked for it in some way and so, it probably wasn't the first time because yeah. we knew zella. That, that we knew teased. her and and by him she probably really was right. finally defending first herself time, saying, I'm, not, I'm clarifying right. the first time she drilled him in the teeth no oh sorry first time yes that, yeah. so and and that's it and she she probably i mean we can see how smart she is she probably did it in front of the teacher so she had a witness <laughs> she probably i mean she she was not dumb and so the fact that we could have her back on that rather than immediately turn and punish her and there were plenty of times when we punished our kids i mean and we'll get to that in future podcast but this is you know we in this case we both felt that way we knew how much she got bullied at school we knew this was something that should be unacceptable and it was this is even before you know the last five years we've seen a lot about bullying and this was a good 10 years ago but it was uh yeah, we, we were in front of that. And I'm going to go ahead and cram this in. This probably is uh, better for the predictability podcast. But part of, I think, what we worked hard on is being on the same page with our kids to where uh, we could give a unified front. So they wouldn't be able to do too much, you know, find the weak link in the parents. And that took a lot of effort because obviously you and I come from different backgrounds and we're going to have different philosophies in parenting. And so we uh, spent a lot of time behind closed doors just going over, okay, here is the situation. How do we handle this? And it was just a great exercise for us to, okay, what is this really that we're looking at? So we weren't reactionary when we would react to uh, the situation. So I think that is that is something I'd like to convey is we, this is something parenting we took very seriously. So we spent tons of time uh, talking together away from the kids about how we were going to handle situations. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I, I want to say a couple of things as we wrap up. First of all, I absolutely remember how hard it is to be a parent. That uh, we're talking about trust and, you know, having a bigger perspective. But when you there are red flags coming up. You're a little panicked for your kid. And sometimes that can be blinding. And, and you know, parenting is hard work all the time until you're done with it. You know, so I to anybody listening who is feeling that, we understand. And we're not trying to say everything is roses all the time. It's, it's difficult and you have to kind of navigate through these spaces. But we're trying to give some broad helps to how you can get into the weeds with your kid on things like trust. You know, if if your home is a safe place, a safe place for your family, for your kids to be, and for them to be completely who they are, you're you're already doing better than 
a lot of people who expect their kids to perform even at home. So if you can do that, part of what you're doing is trying to figure out, okay, then how as a parent can you feel safe when you don't know if you have all the information? Well, here are some ways that maybe you can look to see if you're comfortable. Well, I think looking back, honestly, I think we were perfect parents and our our kids are perfect humans because of that. But I but I do remember that there were uh, a few nights, maybe a lot of nights, where, where we were going to bed saying, man, we are the worst parents on the planet. And if DCFS were really doing its job, they'd be knocking on be the door knocking right on now. The door. So I absolutely agree with you. And I'm sure if this, you know, over time, we'll, we'll start to share some of those stories too. But I think uh, for now, trust, I think, is one of the best things you can give your kid and um, making that safe space at home, almost there's nothing more, you know, nothing better you can do to establish a good, solid human being. Yeah, we're rolling. Predictability and trust your kids. The Perfect Parenting Podcast is a production of Van Garrett Media. Shayla Dawn and Chris Van Garrett are the executive producers. The writers are Steve and Sarah Urquhart. Chris Van Garrett is the sound designer and music director, and Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Perfect Parenting Podcast. I'm Chris Van Garrett. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.